It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the show uh, today. Uh, lots to talk about. I uh, hope you all will stay with us. Know uh, that there's a lot of emotion out there, and, and, and we, we can't avoid it. Uh, so we're going to stay on it. And what we've done this week, guys, is we brought... Um, our own attorney Benjamin Crump, who you know is uh, representing the George Floyd family, the uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery family, uh, and has been on the forefront of civil rights and, and uh, equal justice issues uh, for a long time now. And um, you know what? Uh, it's a good time for the Sean Pittman show uh, to have Benjamin Crump because finally uh, it kind of looks like not just black people are tired. But everybody's tired uh, of seeing um, innocent uh, black men and women, boys and girls um, killed in our American streets. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We're going to have attorney Benjamin Crump on the Sean Pittman show right after this. Listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Good morning, welcome, welcome to the Sean Pittman Show this Sunday morning. And uh, listen, I, I, I usually start with a little laughter. I don't have any today, and uh, of course, uh, my guests haven't been able to laugh in a long, long time, uh, smile in a long, long time. Um, I've got my friend, Attorney Benjamin Crump, uh, with us on the line, who, as you know, is very, very busy these days. Um, fighting for black people who lost their lives uh, way, 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 way too soon and by hands that uh, that should be protecting and not killing. Um, ben, I, I welcome to the show again, Ben. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean, for always being there for me and so many others, brother. Well, listen, man, um, I, I just want to jump right in because a lot has been said. Uh, we've seen the video of, 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 of George Floyd. I mean, we've seen the video of Ahmaud. Um, I, I mean, it, the list goes on. But but I want to jump right to it, Ben. Isn't where we are, um, where, where sort of Ella Baker said, back in 1964 when she basically said that this is always going to be a problem until uh, a black mother's child is has the same value as a white mother's child. Isn't that just where we are? That's exactly where we are, Sean Pittman, especially when you think it really goes as deep as Thomas Jefferson. Do we believe his words uh, when he wrote the preamble to the Declaration of Independence? We hold these proofs to be self-evident that all men are created equally, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that amongst them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There is a real question in America. Do America believe black life is equal to that of white life? Because that is the only way we can explain the unequal justice that keeps happening in all of these unbelievable unjustifiable killings, whether it's George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, or uh, Ahmaud Arbery. And Benjamin, you know, where I grew up, you know, I grew, you know, I grew up in Rivera Beach, Florida, you know, down the street from um, from where we lived, there was uh, always this chicken place, um, Ben, that uh, for some reason uh, never had never had uh, any chicken. Never. And Benjamin, the sign was always up that they had chicken, but they never had chicken. I shouldn't say never. 
they often didn't have chicken. And even so frustrating enough that as a kid, Ben, I would say, if, if you don't have the chicken, take down the doggone sign. Ben, is that where we are in America? You just quoted um, some of the most famous <laughs> lines from uh, important documents that make America. You know, when you talk about land of opportunity, land of the free, uh, and you often talk about equal justice. Ben, should America take down the sign? Well, you know, Sean, if we're going to continue to have two justice systems in America, one for black America and another for white America, and not have equal justice for the United States of America, then we sure, certainly should not have false advertisement. We are the great beacon of hope and justice for the world. So I'm, we're getting calls from Australia, Germany, France, looking at this George Floyd with his uh, on the ground, face down, handcuffed with the police officer's knee on his neck while he's begging He's pleading with him, I can't breathe. But yet, for almost nine minutes, Sean, the police officer who's supposed to protect and serve people like George and you and I do not serve him. They are using excessive force that becomes lethal. And can you imagine, Sean, if you took a stopwatch and you put it on nine minutes and you just let the time pass, and you just think about somebody having their knee on your neck and you can't breathe and you're telling them, you know, take your knee off my neck. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And you slowly suffocate to death. Well, that is the last minutes of George Floyd on this earth. And it is a tragedy, but it is murder. And that's why you have the people protesting in Minneapolis, Minnesota today because as Dr. King said, protest and rioting is the language of the unheard, and they feel they have no voice to get this equal justice that we so desperately need in America today. Ben, you just said it. I mean, Martin Luther King said it best. You recite him so perfectly here that what we're seeing on the streets are people who are tired, man. And Ben, I, I, I've heard you recite the names many times of these unarmed victims uh, to murders by police or pretend cops, whether it's Trayvon, Michael Brown, Corey Jones, Eric Gardner, who who died in a similar way that it just seems like. I mean, and, and so before I go, add George, add Brianna, add Ahmad. But in a similar way to the way Eric died, this police officer didn't nothing struck him that there was a warning of this guy saying the same words and he still kept his knee on this on this young man. Nobody is listening, Ben, and, and we're tired. What does change look like, man? Change look like white people, just as you said when we started this show, having the same outrage. When a black young person is killed by the police, as they would, as if it was their child. We don't have that white outrage now. We have to look to our white friends and say, why aren't you all protesting? Why aren't you all demanding justice? Why is it just black people saying, George Floyd, life matter? It has to be all people of goodwill and morals 
standing up in unison saying, George Floyd life matter, Breonna Taylor life matter, uh, Ahmaud Arbery life matter. You never hear about the police doing this kind of stuff to white people because they have been told by our legal system that white life matters. And so when you're in that uh, life or death situation and you're deciding whether to pull the trigger, we have seen it over and over, Sean. They won't execute white people. I mean, you talk about the Parkland uh, shooting where he killed 17 people, shot 17 more. They followed him, took him alive. You talk about uh, the Waffle House shooting in uh, Tennessee. He killed four people, shot two more, went in the woods. The police followed him in the woods. They took him alive. And then you go to uh, the uh, church in South Carolina. I mean, he killed nine of the most innocent people. They followed Dylan Roof, the young white supremacist, across state lines from South Carolina to North Carolina. They took him alive and then took him to Burger King to get a burger and fries. But yet, when it's a black person, you move a certain way, it's shoot first, ask questions later. And we haven't seen a white person be choked out by the police while they say, I can't breathe. But, you know, even before Eric Garner, you had Maxine Waters out in California talking about we got to outlaw the chokehold because they're killing too many black people in Los Angeles. And so that's what we're dealing with. And uh, uh, justice and equality looks like what you started it off with, Sean Pittman. Ella Baker's famous quote, until white mothers care just as much about black children being killed as they care about white children being killed. Attorney Crump, I saw uh, Bakari Sellers crying like a baby on, on, on television this week. And and after he cried so much, which I felt it was the first thing that made that, that brought tears to my eyes, just, you know, because it, it's impacting us all. And he, he was basically saying that the plight, the, you know, to kill racism shouldn't be on the shoulder of the oppressed. The plight has to be on the oppressor who has the power to make the change. And you're and you were talking about just now how white people have to you didn't say this, but I, I've heard you say it have to understand what it's like to be black in America. Do you think yeah. I mean, Ben, we just got through watching a video of a white lady in Central Park. Does that video illustrate at all what it's like being black in America? She obviously knew what it's like to some degree, because in my opinion, she threatened that black man by saying, I'm going to call the police and tell them that a black man is trying to hurt me and my dog. She obviously knew yep. she knew something that that hadn't been articulated that we have seen articulated. I mean, does that video help? I mean, you're not white. Maybe I shouldn't. I should be asking somebody white this. But, but Ben, does that video help at all? Well, I hope it helps white people understand that this white privilege exists in America and that this white privilege oftentimes can be deafening to black people. I mean, not only mentally, but also physically. But as I discuss in my book, Open Season, The Legalized Genocide of Colored People, it really is the legal system itself that is intellectually justifying the killing of black people in and outside of the courtroom. And so until we're ready to deal with that very grim reality that it is society itself 
that has to make the change. It's what you said. The people in power have to make the change. And I am reminded often of Frederick Douglass's famous edit that power concedes nothing without a demand. Without a we demand. Have to demand the equal justice, and then they have to respond by believing that equal justice is in their best interest, too. I think there is something else to be said, too, right? I mean, you remember when the Trayvon Martin thing was going on and, and it created this Black Lives Matter movement. And right. the Black Lives Matter movement created the, well, all lives should matter movement. And you kind of saw uh, if somebody didn't want to like Black Lives Matter, they would say, well, I don't like it because all lives should matter. And indeed, all lives matter. But is your book sort of the answer to the question why black lives matter differently absolutely you know sean when you get right to the essence of it and you start looking at the book and you start looking at how they're using the law itself which was supposed to protect us but they're using it to kill us and you say but the law ain't killing y'all it's just killing us it's killing black and brown people on a consistent basis when you see whether it's these high-profile open-season killings of Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, uh, Tamir Rice, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Corey Jones, Ford, Corey Jones uh, Marquise McLaughlin, Terrence Crutcher, Stephon Clark, Eric Gardner, Walter Scott, Laquan McDonald, Wow, I mean, it man. just goes and the names on just and on. Go on and on, Ben. And, and, and Sean, it's, that's not even the worst of it. What's worse is how they kill us every day in every city and every courtroom across America with these trumped up felony convictions. And you know better than most, Sean, because you're working with the government trying to provide solutions for us in many regards to this school-to-prison pipelines that claims um, the majority of our children, especially our young children, uh, in Florida, our home state. You know, Ben, it's hard to ignore what's going on in the streets of Minneapolis. Um, I mean, we saw last we saw last week a CNN commentator get arrested for doing his job, and we still got four officers out there who have, they have decided at this point they will not arrest, they will not charge. So people are upset. And people are hurt. But, you know, like I know, they're they're not just out protesting this murder. It may be what got them in the streets, but they're they're protesting a life of hardship, a life of discrimination, a life where the the, the small guy gets the, the knee on his neck. Uh, and that man, manifests itself in so many ways, you know, uh, in an elevator when there's a black man and a white woman and the white woman clenches her purse. Um, in a job situation where uh, the, the black person is more qualified than the white person, but the white person elevates more easily. Um, it manifests itself in so many ways in life that the protests that are going on are really hurt people hurting people, right? Absolutely. This implicit bias in America is real. And it's not just with police. It's with employment. It's with inequities and uh, economics and banking. And, and I'll say this if I can. I, I always say this, too, that Ben Franklin 
said democracy is like two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Oh, man. You don't I, have I, to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> no, that's right. How that that's right. Go shine. Right, and, right. But then, then he said liberty is making sure that the lamb is well armed to protest that vote. Mm. And so with open season, what we're trying to do is help young lambs in communities of color, like our girls, know that they are able to protest the school-to-prison pipeline. We want them to be well-armed to protest voter suppression. We want them to be well-armed to protest racist uh, Jim Crow laws like stand your ground. Wow, Ben, as usual, as usual, you start new conversations that we don't have enough time to, to, to get into. But I do want to make sure that we thank you for your time today because I know how busy you are and how much you have going on. We talk about racism in America and whether it's worse right now, um, I think I've heard you say, and I appreciate you saying that um, it's not worse. It's just on film. So, Ben Crump, thank you, man, and thank you for uh, thank you for being on the show. I thank you, Sean Pittman. I, love I thank you. you. Love you too, brother. And uh, we'll, we'll keep 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 up the fight. We're counting on you, and we appreciate you. You're listening to the Sean Pittman Show. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show, and I want to thank uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump, who gave us what we needed this morning. Right? We want to thank him for that, and and we want to pray for him and his representation of these grieving families. And in fact, you know, uh, his representation now of what it means for equal justice in America. Uh, I pray that one day that we won't continue to have these conversations, but things seem to be getting worse. And the question of equal justice um, gets more and more blurred as we see um, black men and women getting killed in our streets. We've been watching this happen over and over again, and 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 after every one, we kind of think this is the one where everybody's going to come together and say this has to stop. Yet here we are again with George Floyd, and and I gotta say, if you're paying attention to what's going on in, in Minneapolis, um, a couple good things that we should we should talk about. One, um, the mayor and the police chief fired the four guys within 24 hours. Okay. That's a good thing. Now, they haven't been arrested. They haven't been charged. Uh, and, and, and we don't know if and when that will happen. But this is the first time we've seen that type of action really fast. So it's slowed down now. The other thing is if you look out at the protests, we don't just see black and African-Americans out in the streets. We see white people, too. And it's like Ben Crumpton and I talked about. You know, the oppressor has to be the one that 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 gets in front of this issue and really, really pushes it so that we can get equal justice. And that's part of what you're seeing when you see a mixed crowd of people in the streets in protest of George Floyd being murdered by these four police officers. We also have learned that the restraint technique used by uh, the police officer, the neck, the knee and the neck is not something that is a part of their training and not something that should be used as a technique, especially with someone who's not resisting arrest. There, there's no video that shows him struggling, no video that shows him resisting. Every video shows him 
cooperating and moving along with police officers. And I got a question. What were the other three officers doing? Well, we saw what they were doing. Absolutely nothing. Right. So so let me ask it this way. What were they thinking? What were they thinking not to step in? They were. Yeah, a couple of them were trying to deal with the crowd, but the crowd was only up in arms because it was very clear that they were killing this man. So four officers now have to answer for this. I can't stop talking about the young lady in the park, y'all, and the African-American man that was there bird watching, by the way. The guy was in the park bird watching. And I can't stop thinking about her because as we learned about her, she is a person who leans sort of liberally, an open Hillary Clinton supporter and someone who probably has African-American friends, probably a lot of them. And I heard Van Jones say this this past week that it's people like her. That's the problem, more so than the people in the KKK. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but but I, but his point is this, that if you claim not to see race, then you're not seeing a huge problem in the United States. And she weaponized this young lady, weaponized her cell phone by threatening to call the police and actually calling the police and saying an African-American is here trying to hurt me and my dog. That showed a mentality that is a pandemic, y'all, in the United States. And we got to do better. So the Pittman point today is, you know what? We said it earlier. Hurt people hurt people. And that's what's happening. And that's what we got to fix in America. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven.